If you've been paying attention to our gospel readings over the last couple of months, then you know that we've been hearing a lot from the Gospel of Mark, with a, with a few dips into John's Gospel. The thing is, though, we still haven't found our way out of the first chapter, and so we find ourselves here again. You might have noticed that we still are just at the beginning of Mark's Gospel. In Mark's timeline, we are really not so far away from Jesus being baptized and driven by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness. Nor are we far from Jesus returning from the wilderness, proclaiming the time fulfilled and the nearness of God's kingdom, calling on his listeners to change their hearts and their minds and trust in the good news. Indeed, Jesus has has just called some followers, Peter and Andrew, James and John, who will share with Jesus in the proclamation of the gospel. So it is immediately after calling these followers that Jesus goes to the synagogue in Capernaum on the Sabbath. And as he is teaching, a man possessed by a demon begins to confront Jesus. And in response, Jesus silences the evil spirit and casts it out of the man. Everyone who is present to hear the teachings and witness the exorcism is astounded. For Jesus speaks as one with authority and not as one of the scribes. So it is important to recognize this order to see how all of these events build on themselves. Baptism, to proclamation, to forming a new community of followers, to exorcism. It is remarkable that the first real act of ministry that Jesus has in this gospel is this exorcism, that it comes so early on at the beginning shows us that this gospel thinks that this exorcism is important. Not only does it, uh, the exorcism establish Jesus' authority and power, but it also tells us what sits at the center of Mark's conception of what the good news is, as it illuminates just what is meant by the kingdom or the reign of God. Now, for my own part, I find this to be a bit astonishing. Because when I think of exorcism, I'll be honest with you, I mostly and first think of all those horror movies that often give me the chills. That's where my mind immediately goes when I hear this. And my hunch is, is that for us gathered here today, we're kind of all over the place when, uh, on how to make sense of the demonic. I know that some of you, more formed by a scientific worldview, as much as you also allow for mystery and the unknown, don't really see the demonic as a very useful tool for understanding the world. And others of you, because of experiences you may or have had or have heard about, 
might more readily believe. And then, of course, there's probably all sorts of folks who are agnostic. But I want us to, I'm going to ask us to bracket the question of the nature of these malevolent spirits and instead turn our attention to what they do. In the Bible, these evil spirits are destructive powers. They are hostile to God. They are hostile to life. And they actively work to destroy and distort the lives of human beings. These powers rob people of their well-being and their wholeness. They corrupt and break down individuals and families and communities. And right here, at the beginning of the gospel, at the beginning of Jesus' public ministry, Jesus liberates a person from that which twists and contorts the lives of human beings. Jesus confronts this power and banishes it. And if we wonder what the reign or the kingdom of God looks like, if we want to begin to understand what that phrase means, kingdom of God, then we are to look here at the beginning of Jesus' ministry. God's kingdom looks like a man freed from an oppressive and hostile force that once dominated his life and stripped him of wholeness. And yes, as Jesus continues, he will preach and he will teach. He will create new and restored community by calling followers and by eating with the outcast and the sinner. He will feed thousands. He will forgive sins. He will even walk on water and calm storms. And all of these things reveal an aspect of the kingdom of God. They're all important for understanding God's kingdom. But all along, there will be these liberating healings where the forces that destroy people's lives are cast out. This is what God's kingdom looks like. Jesus reveals to us that God stands against all the powers that look to strip humanity of our dignity and our wholeness. God's kingdom looks like liberation from the oppression of these powers. The only thing that Jesus does before he frees this man of this evil spirit is is call followers and disciples to walk with him, to bear witness to what he's doing, and to participate and share in this ministry. Jesus doesn't just liberate. Jesus liberates in community. Jesus calls followers who will also reveal the kingdom of God through their actions, just as Jesus does. And while the church has and and does often fail, at its best, the church is called to be a sign and symbol of this liberating power of Christ in the world. And at its best, 
It does just this. And the followers of Jesus are called to reveal the presence and power of God in the face of that which corrupts and destroys the creatures of God. For indeed, Jesus shares this task with his followers, and, and later in the gospel, Jesus sends them out into the world, and they too will banish evil spirits. They too will share a liberating word. They too will reveal the power of God's love for the whole of humanity. Jesus doesn't just do this himself. Jesus invites others to share in this work of revealing and enacting the kingdom of God. Today is our annual meeting. How's that for transition? <laughs> so, so I've got St. A's on the brain. And I've been, I've been reflecting on this community and I've been reflecting on our accomplishments and our limitations. And there is much to celebrate and much that we should give thanks to God for. And there are challenges to overcome and there are opportunities for growth and transformation. But on this day of our annual meeting, I hope in my prayer for this little gathering of people is that we continue to to deepen our awareness of our task to be a sign and symbol of God's kingdom breaking into the world. Let this be a place where all people, any person, can come to know belonging and welcome. Let this be a place where all people can, can discover and experience transformation. Let us be a community where, where people can come for solace and for healing. Let us be a community that stands against all that, that dehumanizes and robs people of dignity. Let us share in Jesus' ministry and reveal the power and presence of God in the face of, of all that oppresses and abuses. And by God's grace, let us be a community of healing that lives into our baptismal identity by advocating for justice and for peace. And indeed, let us, through our words and actions, reveal the kingdom of God breaking into this world. Amen.